All right, I think we are good to go. Hello and welcome, Just a Family. This is giving you something to talk about live TV. I am your host, Melissa Kretschler. I'm also an identity coach and spiritual teacher. This episode is sponsored by a Phoenix Identity, and we are going to be talking today about how to empower our children and how empowered children learn from empowered parents. And I will have a quick uh, to-do on that right away, but let me introduce my guest host today, who is none other than Barbara Masonette. And again, I always say this, I hope I pronounced that properly. You did, actually. Yep, there's a couple ways, but that's one of them. So you did great. That's like my last name. It's Kretschler. Uh, I always say Kretschler, but in um, Czech, where it's from, it's actually Krekler. Oh. But there's another connotation to it. If I was in Prague, my last name would actually be Kreklerkova. Oh, wow. Because women and, you know, have the ova at the end of it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I, I, yeah, oh, wow. I found that out not that long ago. My mother-in-law is actually born and raised, both my, my mother-in-law and father-in-law are born and raised in Prague. So it's interesting wow. to, to have the, the different connotations of the name. Wow. So well, I'm going to hand it. I'm going to hand it over to you to introduce yourself. I'm going to go in and share it while you do that. And yeah, let's, who are you? What do you, what do you do? What do you, what are you passionate about? (laughs) So I'm Barbara Masonette and I am a life and business coach. And I also am a mama and um, I homeschool my son as well. So um, single mom homeschool, I, um, you know, do my utmost best to practice what I preach as far as probably some of the things we talk about today, but um, ultimately like that work and life balance and making sure that, you know, you're present for the kiddo. I only have one, uh, the child as well as running, you know, um, a successful and my definition of successful business to my clients. I um, work mostly with uh, small to medium-sized business owners, but I have, you know, quite a few individual life coaching clients as well and corporate clients. So, you know, really it's somebody who uh, is ready to make some significant change and they, you know, want to have a different set of eyes on their life or their business and somebody who's unbiased and um, really somebody will just look at it from a different set of eyes and ready to take some action. So that's a little bit about me. I love that. So if anybody can hear in the background, uh, my daughter is playing in the background and happens to be screaming while playing in the background. She's doing that. We are having a snow day today. So I'm in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And schools have been shut down today and tomorrow. And then it's, of course, Easter holidays. So they have five days at home. And we just ended up having a snowstorm. So we're in the middle of a snowstorm, one of the worst in, I think they're saying 30 years. So yeah, it's, it's not horrible today, but it's, it's been pretty bad. Lots of stuff, even the government closed down today. So yeah. So When I said that I had a little tidbit, um, Barbara and I were talking before the episode about showing up, right? And as parents, and and I'll just start off with this. As parents, we always tell your kids, it doesn't matter if you don't feel good. I understand you don't feel good. It's great. You know, I love you. But if you commit to doing something, you have to do it, right? And so today... (laughs) I messaged my husband shortly before the show and I was talking to Barbara right before that right before we went live and I slept horrible last night one of my teeth uh split completely down the middle in half I um I was having trouble eating so I went hypoglycemic which makes me very nauseous and I showed up my my husband's like get a candy fix whatever you need to do to show up (laughs) for your show And it is leading by example, because we have, we're, we're talking about children today and empowering children. One of the things about empowering our children is teaching them to do what they say they're going to do and their words and their actions. And, you know, when they have chores to do, or when they say it, like my daughter's horrible at this, she'll be like, mom, I'll do it after dinner. And then I'm like, mm. okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting you to do it. Right. She doesn't do it. 
Right. Like, you know, you're teaching me that I can't trust you. Mm. It's one of my favorite conversations to have with my children right now is you're teaching me whether or not I can trust you. You're teaching me whether or not you can be um, responsible, mature, all of that. And that's part of one of the things we empower our children for. And, and whether or not um, your word matters, like, you know, if, if we're teaching our kids that, um, you know, what you say, you know, sends a message, but you know, if, if it's received or if you don't follow through with it, then really what you're saying is, is that you really just don't have to listen to me. Right. You like what I, right. Like, you know, if you want somebody to, like you said, to learn responsibility or all any, anything in that to show up, whether you feel like it or not, you know, it, it, you have to ask yourself if I'm going to say I'm going to do something and then I don't do it, you know, the recipients of all those words really can just sit there and be like, well, I just really don't have to listen to what you say because you just, you're not honoring your own words. So why do I then have to honor you, respect you, or, um, you know, really listen to what you have to say? I mean, it, it could go deep really quick when it comes to words and honoring commitments and following through. And, you know, I, Let's acknowledge you like, you know, it could have been so easy to just push the reschedule button and just say, you know, because you justifiably legit have a verifiable reason to do this, you know, so I really acknowledge you for showing up and, uh, uh, you know, really practicing what, what we are talking about today, Yeah, hopefully and what we're teaching our kids. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. I, there's so many things, even in the last year and I, I have four um, three that I've given birth to in a bonus. And out of those four, the last year have been lessons, just multiple lessons in parenting and what works and what doesn't work. And each child, each child is different, but everything remains the same as when I'm at my best or when I'm following through with myself, they see that, right? When I ask my daughter, who's 12, um, going on 13. Well, technically going on 70 because she thinks she knows. That's what I tell you. That's what I say about my child. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. She, she's been testing me lately and it's just, it's one thing after another. And if I go up to her and I say, Bella, who is the strongest person, you know, and she goes, you. And so she, she sees that within me. And so I teach her, you, you know, you're the one telling me, right. And again, back to the one, you're the one telling me, I don't have a lot of rules and expectations for my children. They have to make those up themselves, right? I have obvious rules. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't steal, right. The morally legally things that they shouldn't be doing, but I want to empower them to make their own decisions. I have one child who doesn't feel like there's any control. My son struggled with that and feeling like he had no control. He had no freedom. And we were in a position where he just wasn't getting that. And he lost sight of who he was and how to express himself and, and the communication. And it caused a lot of, of rifts between the entire family. So with my daughter, I tried to give her that freedom and right now she's not making very good choices and not following through. And we're just, we're having a very hard time with her right now. And I keep telling her, you're the one who decides what we do and what we don't do. You're the one who decides whether you follow through. And when we try to give freedom, it's okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you a little bit of freedom. And within that freedom, you have these three rules. You can't do this, can't do this, and you can't do this, right? Mm -hmm. And this is what's going to happen if you do, mm -hmm. right? And you then set the boundaries up. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're giving the them freedom. The parameters, sorry, the parameters. You set the parameters. Yeah, and if you don't follow through, this is what's going to happen, right? right? So in everything that I do with my children now, and, and I, it took me a while to figure this out and learn it. And I had help from a, from a former friend of mine. I had a lot of help with this. It was consistency. It was making sure that whatever punishment you had fit the role. Yeah. So ask nicely the first time, hey, I, I need you to do this, right? First time I'm going to ask you nicely. Tell me you need five minutes, whatever. I'll give you the five minutes, whatever. 
The second time I have to ask you, you're going to get, you need to do this or this is going to happen and have a clear, concise, this is what's going to happen. And then if they don't do it, there's no third time. It's the third time is the punishment gets put into place and you do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I found that that works for my kids. Right. Go ahead. I was going to say, wouldn't you think in the process, like ultimately as parents, our our goal, I'm going to assert for most parents is to teach um, our kiddos to be responsible human beings. And so when you place the um, when you place it on their shoulders to make the decisions and own the consequences in the process, right? It's not a surprise. Like they can't come back to you and be like, but mom, I didn't know you were going to, I don't know, make me clean my room if I didn't do this. Like, I didn't know that mom. No, love of my life. When I asked you over here and then I said, here, if you don't, if you, now you're going to do this. And if you don't do this, you're going to have to clean your room. You can't play dumb as I like, nope. You made it clear, but in that process, the hope is right. Is that we're empowering our kiddos to, to um, like, I always say to my clients, like point, point the fingers back at you and like come from a place of responsibility. Like, don't we want our kids to be responsible human beings, Mm -hmm. but they can't do that if they're not um, challenged in understanding, right? Choices have consequences, good or bad. Not all choices have bad consequences there, right? Like, if I want an ice cream cone, there's some good consequences to it, like yummy yum, and some bad consequences, like oh no, my you know my three mile run probably didn't pay off. I don't run, but you get the point, you know. So I think there's some that responsibility. So you know that tool, that parenting tool that you just shared is a great strategy, and I think if you take it deeper to a different level and helps people to under helps parents to understand so why am i doing this like we're not just talking about mechanical robots you know like there could could you get your kids to do what you wanted them to do i'm sure you could right you can do the bribery approach you could do the consequence approach you could do the ask five million thing you know times approach you could do the get angry approach you could there's all approaches to get your kid to do what you want them to do i want you to clean your room or you can ultimately say but why Like, what am I trying to teach my kiddo here? Mm -hmm. Right? Because at some point I'm going to assert they're going to move out on their own and whether they have a roommate or a spouse or, you know, whatever other human being living in the house with them, again, if we're using the room, I'm going to guess they would probably want to live with somebody that has a cleanish room. Right? So that's right. Skills to do what they need to do. Yeah. Right? Like, so you do want somebody to come back. Hey, thank you for teaching your child to be responsible and picking up their, you know, socks after them. Oh, you're welcome. Little do you know what the process was to get us to this point. But that's the ultimate goal is really to empower our kids to come from a place of responsibility so they can go out there and be good human beings. And make decisions. So for any of our viewers, whether you're watching live or catching the replay, what, what do you think your goal is with your kids? What is your goal? What do you think is important to teach them growing up, right? When they become adults on their own, what do you want them to know? Do you want them to know? There's so many. There's how to be responsible, how to follow directions. I know for um, my, again, my daughter, she's my problem child right now. <laughs> She's going to get a lot of air over here. Okay, go ahead. She is a disaster when it comes to cleanliness. (laughs) Like, there's no, right? We're not getting any compliments yet, then, is what you're saying. Not yet. Okay, got it. I, I was a disaster. But see, I, even now, right? My husband will come home. He's like, I've got clothes on the floor over here right? I've, I've got clothes on the floor over here. So I'm, I'm got the clothes there. And he's like, why didn't you put those away? (laughs) Cause I didn't want to. And it's not a big deal right now. Right. They're there. They're clean. They're, they're, you know, they're not going anywhere. Um, so I've, I've, I grew up as the messy kid, not the dirty kid though. And I find there is a huge distinction between that. Huge leftover food, um, dirt and grime and molding dishes, that's dirt, right? Or, or unmentionables that need to be, that's dirty, right? Like dirty. But 
having your clothes all over your room. I remember once my when my husband and I met, he went and cleaned my apartment. Um, he stole my. Wow, key. you got lucky. He, well, because he's a he's a clean nut, right? He stole my key and went and cleaned my apartment when he was supposed to be meeting me at the park. And there, my my bedroom was clean, but it was messy. There were yes. clothes everywhere. There were books everywhere. There was really no organization in my room. It was just everything was everywhere, but it wasn't dirty. And that I think is a distinction, right? You don't have to be perfectly organized, but it needs to be clean. Right. And there's the huge- product in needs to be clean. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I mean, right. I mean, if you have to know, I have a pile of clothes too, right over there, but guess what? They're all clean. Mm-hmm. Right. They just haven't made it into the drawer. And I might have to say right now, I don't know if and when they might not make it into the drawer. They might make it back onto the body, into the dirty clothes, back onto the pile. But to your point, is there a difference? But I think you asked a really good question. What are some of the things that we want to teach our kids? And I think you you hit on a, a really critical point that maybe some parents don't stop and think about. Um, and that is like, are you an intentional parent? Like, have you sat down and intentionally thought to yourself? I mean, I think we all hope that our kids turn out well, but have you thought about how you're going to get there? Like, have you thought about, you, you brought something up consistently, consistency. I mean, consistency in what? What are you consistent? And what are you being consistent in the hopes of teaching them to be. I mean, we could be consistent in, I don't know, yelling. And that's consistently teaching them that when you want to communicate and you're angry, you're going to yell. Is that what you ultimately want to teach them how to communicate? Probably not. Right. So it's consistency that, you know, like you're smiling. You got a thought. I see the thought. I, what do you think I, so I do yell. I'm not going to lie. I do yell. I even on one of these videos, Haley, my youngest is seven and in the other room screaming. Right. Uh, was being exceptionally loud. So I muted myself and I'm like, be quiet, (laughs) right? While I'm doing the video. And it's like, I don't, I don't, I get aggressive, not aggressive in the sense that, you know, I'm going to beat you or anything along those lines, but more so like you're pushing me to that limit. You like, we need to cut this Uh out. Um, Tori commented, she said, honestly, the importance of credit that is a huge one too. finances, right? Mm. About finances. One of the things I wanted to mention about your intentional parenting though, is when we are empowered parents and, and not even just parents, when we're empowered ourselves, we have the understanding that our version of empowerment looks different than other people's. Yes. We are, and, and this comes down to my own identity coaching, right? We are unique individuals and a lot of the problems that are not problems, but a lot of the struggles and unhappiness and triggers that I find in my clients are created by their parents and created by their peers and their experiences as a child. Right. And now I'm not putting the blame on the parents because it's not, but at the same time, if we're intentionally parenting and, and, to the point of empowering our children to be their own human beings, to express themselves the way they want to express themselves, and to take accountability and responsibility for themselves. Mm. One of the things we always, and, and I mean daily, daily need to ask ourselves, is this a problem for me? Does it have to be a problem for them? My husband, love him dearly is on my daughter's butt all the time. And the other day, and I'm going to use an example, she had her hands in her pockets and he got upset with her for having her hands in her, in her pockets. Speaking of, she walks by and I'm like, why? How does her hands in her pockets impact you? If that's something she's comfortable with, it's not hurting you. It's not offending you. Mm-hmm. So it's not it, inappropriate and it's it, not hurting anybody else. Yeah. It's picking your battles. Right. So something, yeah. um, my youngest daughter sticking out her tongue, I will go up to random kids. If I'm in a store and the kids being silly, I'll stick my tongue at them and, and keep walking. Right. Like just as I did. Right. It to my own, right. 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 But for my husband's family, it's disrespectful. 
Interesting. Right? So it's, I don't have a defense to it. Mm -hmm. Right? And and context is huge too. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think you just touched on another, like, you know, to your, another nugget is, you know, offensive. So can you imagine if we taught intentionally, if we taught our kids to not take anything personally, just imagine for that for a second, like how, how that would shift the world. So not to be dramatic, but if you really think about it, so if somebody tells you something Um, which is their opinion, and you adamantly disagree with it, and you might think they're so wrong, you can't even believe it, or they're so right, and you're just, right? It doesn't matter what it is, and they tell you, and, you know, you have that choice at that moment. I can be offended. I can give my power over to this person, or I can choose to say something in the realm of that's their opinion and that's their choice and that, and they can have that. And I'm going to choose that. I'm not going to take it personally because it doesn't matter what they have to say. You know, they could tell me, you know, I hate your mom and you're the this and your toes are ugly and whatever. And I could just say, thanks for your opinion. Right. And move on. Gosh, I'm hungry. What am I going to have for lunch? I mean, just as simple as like letting it, can you imagine if our kids learned that at an early age? I'm trying. I'm I'm literally I am literally building a program to teach in schools on how to get kids to understand their own identity and other people's identity. If let's go extreme. Okay. I love extreme examples. Okay. It it hits home. It does. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the LBGTQ community. Okay. Okay. If one person finds sexual orientation to be wrong, and another person doesn't. Right. Nobody's wrong. It's an individual belief. Right. Now, I'm a very big supporter and a, a, a part of the LGBTQ community. So I would be like, okay, well, that's your opinion. I'm not going to take offense to it because it's your opinion. I'm not going to try to change your mind, but you don't need to come at me. I'm not going to come at you. You uh-huh. keep your opinion. Yeah. And, and then, and then you part ways to be that that's where it ends. Yep. Do you see how empowering yep. that is? Even if you adamantly disagree with their opinion, you mm-hmm. could think they're so wrong. You can't even believe it. Just like they could think you're so wrong. They can't believe it. But can you yep. imagine how much conflict would be? There wouldn't be, there just wouldn't be conflict. If people just chose to consciously, I'm not going to take that personally. And I'm going to choose not to be offended. And, or I'm going to choose not to react in a certain way that gives my power over to you. Can you imagine the world it would be in? So then we have to go to, we have to ask ourselves, well, how do you teach kids that? Because kids care about what other people have, right? Especially in the teenage years, they're all about, you know, identity and I I need to look, whatever it is, right? So how do you go about approaching Hey, do you understand how much more empowered you would be if you chose not to take things personally? They could say, well, well, you know, I mean, there's so much like, uh, but really, how would you, how do you teach kids that? How do uh, you do that? By teaching them. And, and so, yeah, I see, and I do this. I've, 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 my whole family, uh, if you've watched any of the episodes, you'll hear me say mm-hmm. this millions of times. I mm-hmm. actually just dealt with this with my daughter. So okay. she came home one day. And she said she was very upset. Like she was pissed off and she came home and she's talking to me about one of her classmates and how they said that police don't save lives. And I said, okay, like I can see where that is. Right. She goes, yeah. So this one kid said that police officers don't save lives. Only paramedics do or first responders. And I'm like, okay, okay, I can see where that, so I I questioned her, right? And I said, he's not wrong. Mm -hmm. He's not right, but he's not wrong. So what, what's the issue here? And she says, well, they do save lives. I said, they absolutely do. Depends Mm -hmm. how you look at it though. His perspective Mm -hmm. is he's not looking at it the way that you're looking at it. You're looking at it in a different perspective. Police officers save people's lives, domestic violence, um, robberies, mm-hmm. all of that, mm-hmm. right? They mm-hmm. save people's mm-hmm. lives. But on the other hand, 
paramedics will, will physically save your life if you are having right. a medical emergency. Emergency. Mm-hmm. So different mm-hmm. perspectives. Now I asked her and she was still upset after I explained that. And I said, Bella, why are you getting so angry? What, why are you getting so angry? She said, well, well, I said, I can tell you why you're getting so angry. Cause she doesn't understand, right? They're 12. I said, you're getting angry because his belief questions yours. You're getting angry because now you're questioning your belief. Mm. You're getting angry because his belief is in essence attacking who you think you are. Right. So when we're triggered, this is for adults, children, anybody, and please take this lesson away because it is one of my biggest lessons. When you are triggered by something, you have an instant reaction. Whatever your belief is will trigger that instant reaction. That reaction is emotional. It's not logical. It's emotional. So as soon as we get triggered, our instinctual habit as a human being is to attack the person who we feel Mm. is attacking our belief right? Or their belief we're, we're attacking now, right? right so it's either right. attack, defend, or change their belief. Interesting. You're right. You are right. Defend. Do you that, feel the need to defend? Yep. Mm. So it's attack, defend, mm-hmm. change, mm-hmm. right? That's where that. a hundred percent of arguments come down to that logic and nobody, and that's one of the reasons I created the show to have those back and forth conversations. Even when we disagree, I've disagreed with various points on Mm -hmm. the episodes that we've done. And I'm okay with that Mm -hmm. because I don't feel the need to attack your beliefs. I don't feel Mm -hmm. the need to defend my beliefs and I don't feel the need to change your belief to validate mine. Right. And but what, what happens is, is you have a dialogue about it so people can hear both sides and then make their own decision. Exactly. Right. right. So there's the, the example, lead by example of what it looks like to discourse. I think discourse is another empowering tool, right? Not yeah. be afraid to, right? Like, honey, this is what I think is going on, right? So you're, you're being questioned. You're, you're, Right. And, and, and it, you could and then you go to the three strategies you just said, the three tactics. Right. Defend, attack, attack, defend and, um, you know, change. Right. OK, so sure, you could do that. Sure. And it, it, again, it's it, it, it's really our right. Because our topic is, is how do we empower our children? Well, empower them to embrace discourse and empower them to embrace having conversations conversations that you already know you're going to disagree with like and that was I took a little bit of notes I'm like what do you know I wonder where this is going to go and one of the things I was thinking of is really empowering and teaching our kids like when to speak and when to listen you know instead of the attack the defend change you know what what would it look like to listen and go well you know thank you for sharing but I actually disagree with you would you like to hear why oh no you wouldn't great Shall we go have lunch together or now are we not? I mean, you know, Yep. it's number one, acknowledge number one in any conversation and empowering your kids. And the way you do this is by doing it for them or not doing it for them, doing it to them. If your kid comes to you and expresses how they feel or expresses one of their beliefs and says, mom or dad, you know, I had this thought today or I had this experience. You sit down and you do, number one, truly listen. You truly listen. And there are three different types of listening, right? There's listen because you're just like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm," but you're not actually paying attention, right? Okay. That doesn't help. Fair. Right? That doesn't help anybody. Number two is listen. But while you're listening, you're thinking of your responses because attack, defend, change. Right. So you're not really listening. Yeah. That's not helpful either. The third variation of listening is actually listening to what the other person is trying to tell you. I can tell you I'm not feeling good and you can take that whatever way you want. You can take that as me saying, you know, 
I don't want to do the episode. You could take that as, you know, there's so many different variations, but if I say, you know, I'm just not feeling good. So if we do have to cut it short a little bit, then that's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. It's whatever that looks like, but it's actually listening to the person's words. So number one Mm -hmm. is truly listen. So if we truly listen to what our kids are telling us, we're teaching Mm -hmm. them how to listen. Right. Right. Number two, validate and acknowledge. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to put those two together because they should be back and back, back to back, Mm -hmm. validate and acknowledge, validate that you actually heard what they said Mm -hmm. and acknowledge the, acknowledge the point of what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Right now, if you do disagree with somebody, it's, you know what, that was a really good point. I love this about it, right? You're, you're acknowledging and validating. Mm -hmm. And then you Uh turn around and go, you know what, but I do disagree. And here's why, right? Here's, here's Mm -hmm. my thought. And you Mm -hmm. say your thought and you leave it. Mm -hmm. And you leave it. And that's the key too. I think that's another nugget. Your intention is just to express your own belief. It's not to change, Mm -hmm. it's not to attack, and it's not to defend. It is to share. Yeah. I think that's really, can you, again, can you imagine if we were intentionally, if all kids were being intentionally parented this way in this specific topic of um, not taking it personally combined with not being easily defending, offended to, and giving your power over to learning how to have discourse, like learning, what, like actually learning, like that sounds silly. Like, what do you mean? Learn how to have discourse? Like, no, there's actual like parameters around that, you know, and what, right. That attack that, you know, are you doing that? Are you not, you don't know what, this is what listening looks like. Here's what it is. Let's try it on over here. Let's teach our kids this. And, and, and notice that we haven't said, and we're all going to agree at the end of it and sing Kumbaya. Like that's not, not the intended result. It, would it make maybe life easier? I don't know. I don't even know. Would it? If we all agreed on everything and everyone just held hands and skipped down the poppy, you know, the yellow brick road. I don't know. Cause it, cause it hasn't happened. So I, I don't know, but is that the end result? Or again, go back to what do we want one day uh, when one of our kids' roommates or significant others comes back? We want, I mean, we want them to say thank you for teaching them to be a responsible human being in this area. That's ultimately what we're going for, right? It's like, yeah, I did a good job. (laughs) We have to, right? Because, you know, I know, I know, I know. Because you you could do everything and, you know, you you have a choice. You You can choose to be an intentional parent or you can choose not to. I can say this, being an intentional parent is way harder than not to, way harder because you have to. You have to be thinking past what, what am I doing? Is it worth the fight? Like, why do I keep repeating myself for, you know, 48 times on this topic? Should I just give up and let them have their, you know, the the principle I can just ignore that I'm going to teach this principle to them. I don't know. Do you want them not to know that principle? Okay. We need them to know that principle, that character, that moral character, that compass, you know, whatever our end result is, we need them to know that. So Right. Let's get our, let's get our battle gear back on and go forward and be consistent in teaching it. You know, um, I have another thought. Can you imagine another one about empowering real quick? And I don't know how much time we have, but we still have time. Okay. Can you imagine, um, it's another one that I thought, can you imagine, um, if we empowered our kids more to be comfortable willing in the process of learning? So think about how kind of the pendulum, you know, how pendulums swing in, in societies and, you know, got the parenting, you know, all of it, right. It used to be like, anyways, you've got that. Well, it seems like it's kind of swung to, you know, I don't want my kid to fail. So I'm going to go rescue quickly, or I'm going to do all of it. And I'm going to, you know, no, I'm going to, you know, tie their shoe till they're 10 because they just cry when they don't do it, you know, and they just don't get it. And, and I'm like, Imagine how much you learn. All we could. Th- how many times have we failed in order to be where we are? And you and did. To. Yes, you have to. But that's an, that's an intentional parenting tool, because so, especially at, for moms, I would I would assert maybe it's for both moms and dads. It could. It's so much um, comforting and quickly resolved when you can race and rescue as opposed to. 
nope, you know, I see that you fell off on your bike and um, you skinned your knee, right? Okay, that was hard. Let's go have ice cream, right? Versus no, 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 no. You fell off. Let's get a Band-Aid. On we go again, right? Because this is a this is something that you ultimately want to learn how to do. You told me you wanted to, right? Back to your follow through, right? We're showing up, commitment. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. What do you think okay. about teaching kids and empowering kids to fail and feel safe in that without feeling like, because I think failure is an element of success. Okay, go. I, I absolutely. What do you think? That. I'm going to, I'm just going to, I have to write that down because I have to do the mid-episode promo. So today's episode is sponsored by A Phoenix Identity. You can find us at aphoenixidentity.com. Today's episode, of course, is how to empower our children. And we've already had some wicked content. Please like, share, follow the show on whatever social media platform you are on. Links are in the description. And make sure that you subscribe to our newsletter right on the website at www.justalivetv.com. And you can actually watch the show live on the website. So we've made that exciting. And we have merch coming. Okay. So I... I wanted to quickly, we did have a question. Um, so I'm going to go back to that for a minute. Um, I'm glad you said something about your husband's side of the family. How do you balance those two different parenting styles to where you're not confusing the children? That's having conscious conversations with your partner and not to get you both agreeing, but to get you on the same page. Parenting is not about the parents. Parenting is about the children. And the number one thing we re we need to remember as parents is not, we're not dictators. We are not parents to dictate everything that our children do and everything that, that they have accessible to them. Our job and our responsibility as parents is to guide unique individuals into becoming self-sustaining adults. That's our job. It is not my job to tell my daughter what she can wear, what she can't wear uh, within reason. Right, right, right. right. There's but always, there's still parameters. There's still parameters. I'm not going to tell her that she has to take on my sense of style. She has, which is irritating, but uh, I'm not going to tell my children <laughs> that they can't, you know, when they're 12 to 16, they can't dye their hair or they can't do this. They can't get piercings or tattoos that's their choice. They are individuals. We guide them. I don't discourage and say, you can't ever get a tattoo. I say, you know what? I want you to think about it long and hard until you're closer to 18 or 18. And then we'll talk about it because I want it to mean something to you. I have tattoos. Every one of my tattoos has exceptional meaning for me. My 19 year old and I just got these ones. Ooh, I didn't even see that. What is it? So it's a phoenix. It's actually yeah. a phoenix. I'll go closer. Everybody look, look beautiful. Wow. So my son has a matching one on the other side, but his is black. So it's embracing their uniqueness, right? If your parents, and, and, I, and I stop, your parents, would they get tattoos? Would they get piercings? Do you have tattoos and piercings? You aren't your parents. Our children are not us. While we want them to be happy and we want them to succeed, they are not us. They're not mini me. They have to create their own identity. Their own. They have to create their own. Yes. 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 You're right. You're right. Helicopter parenting and failure. It's one of my, one of my topics. Go girl. Go. Love it that we got. Yeah. Well, because you just mentioned that, that right? one. That's a good topic. Letting, yes. letting them fail. Letting them fail for the love. Now, Winston Churchill said um, failures are the stepping stones to success. Mm. And it's true. true. I want every parent watching or listening or catching the replay. What failure did you have that changed your life for the better? Whoa. Now I've coined this topic. So if you, anybody uses it, please tag me. Negativity is the catalyst to positive growth. 
we are all meant to and guaranteed to experience negativity. Those guaranteed. Yep. Those negative moments help shape us, help teach us what not to do. They help teach us when we need to change, when we need to empower strength, when we need to say that made me stronger. Right. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Right. That every experience we have is a lesson. Now, if we are helicopter parents or very controlling parents or rigid parents, two things are going to happen. Number one, and I've seen it happen. We've seen it all over TV. We've seen it in, you know, our friends and our own families. When you are ridiculously controlling and you don't let a child feel in control of their own life, Hmm. They're going to do whatever it takes to get that control, whether that's running away, whether that's drugs and alcohol, whether that's sneaking out of the house and wearing the skimpiest clothing because you make them wear an outfit, whatever that is, they're going to rebel. The second thing that's going to happen is you're not going to teach them coping skills. One of the first episode I did, and you can find it on Facebook or YouTube, I did with my 19 year old. I didn't teach him coping skills. Hmm. I wasn't where I am now. And he taught me to grow into where I am now Hmm. because of what he experienced being my child. And Hmm. I took that lesson very seriously. And I created my entire coaching practice because of what I experienced with my son. Hmm. And he had to go out and make his own choices. He had to go out and make those mistakes and those failures Mm -hmm. to know who he wanted to be as a man, what he wanted to do and everything else that goes in with being a human being coping skills. Now on the flip side, I have two children that I know. You have two children, what? Two children that I know of. Okay. And they are complete polar opposites. Okay. One is in a very controlling household. They aren't allowed to make any decisions for themselves. Every decision that this child makes is run by their parents. This child is now an adult. They still feel like a child. They have no... um, Not that they don't have any, it's hard for them to make decisions. It's hard for them to do anything. It's hard like to make a decision and take a step and and try something new or, you know, stand up for themselves. They are very much closed off with Mm -hmm. they're they're ambitious, but they don't take any of the steps. Right. They have goals, but they won't do anything about it. So do you think that has to do with that? They weren't allowed to fail. Do you think they weren't allowed to do anything? Which includes they weren't allowed to fail. So, so I think it's important to distinguish that when we're talking about allow it to failure, are we going to let our kid, I don't know, for instance, walk off a cliff because they will want to? No, exactly. Okay. So, so I think it's, it is, we have to keep some of the parameters up there too, right? Like health and safety, of course. Yeah. Like, but you know, if, if, if I know, uh, you know, that you, uh, back to the bike situation, could, could he, could, could our child have fell down and skinned a knee? Yeah. Could he have skinned two knees? Yeah. Could he have broken a bone? Yeah. He probably could have, but all of those things, right. Protect him from not experiencing it and failing. It's going to get a certain outcome, Right. Is he going to learn perseverance? No. Is he going to learn uh, cause and effect? No. Is he going to learn at what it feels like to fail and what it feels like to muster up the, the strength and the courage to get back up and try again, knowing that he could fail again? No, he wouldn't. You wouldn't give him that opportunity, right? So there's a lot of things missing that comes from when we don't allow our kids to fail, right? Responsibility, accountability. We, all of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, but there, there's that internal, like, guts like that you know that guts think about it when you have failed you have to dig deep and go 
I really want to learn that, or I really want to be better at that's an, that's a, that's a strength that you can't like have it child. Just go have that strength. Like that's, that's, that is something they have to experience and learn and grow to be like, okay, go. Yes. Toddlers. Okay. So you get toddlers. Okay. Yes. I'm not even going to talk about when they start walking because we all know how that works. But yes, if you have two, three, four year old. Okay. And they want a cupcake that's on top of the fridge. They are going to try 50 different things to get up on top of that fridge. Yes. How many TikToks, how many Facebook, Instagram reels are we seeing of kids climbing up on the counter, climbing on a chair, climbing the fridge, whatever that looks like to get that stuff. Now, if you turn around and you catch your kid doing that, instead of just going, no, don't ever do that again. Right. Say, okay, that's not a safe way of doing it. Can you think of another way to do it? Yes. Yes. Problem solving, coping skills, accountability, responsibility. My 12 year old, right? This is happening. If you don't do this, this is going to happen. If you do this, this is going to happen. You're responsible for the choices that you make. You create the outcome. And, and letting them feel it though. You have yep. see, I think sometimes we don't let them feel it because we don't want to see our kids sad or disappointed or scared. We want to just run and be like, it's no, no, no. I mean, don't leave them, you know, for 48 hours and be like, okay, I'll come back to you and I'll give you a hug. No, but let them go, let them experience what disappointment and sadness and, you know, like the, the disappointment of not figuring it out right away. You there's, there's an element of, um, opportunity in sadness and internal, right. When you do fail there, there's a, there's a lot of lessons learned in there. Do yeah. I like the feeling of this? Do I not like the feeling of this is, do I want to do something different? So I don't feel this way. But if you just are always ready to snatch, snatch them out of that, we're not empowering them in a whole other side of, of learning. That's like being a business owner. Yeah. It's like being a business owner. How many people try, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I launched a program. I get crickets. Okay. Is that going to stop me from launching another one? Mm -mm. No, because the reward outweighs. Yes. The, the stepping back, right. I would rather face the reward than face the regret. Well, I think that's pretty empowering. And I, and I, and I'm going to have to say that might be really hard to apply. Like, I, I think if we're going to be intentional parents, you, you really have to dissect, dissect that and, and decide how you're going to do that as a parent, because I think back to the interpretations perspectives, I think a parent could hear that and you line up 10 parents and all 10 parents can come out applying that in 10 different ways. Absolutely. And it's not a right or wrong. It's not a right or wrong issue. It's just discourse to say, Hey, are you aware that when you um, deprive your child of any of the things we've talked about today, discourse, failing, um, learning to listen first, how to listen, you know, not being, uh, taking things personally, not if you deprive your child of that, not run to them and rescue it immediately because it's in our nature to be like, I don't want you to cry, poor baby, don't be hurt. No, if you deprive them of that, what are you depriving them of learning ultimately and growing and becoming, right? If our, our ultimate goal is, right, a responsible, good human being, good citizen, a good human being has to include failures. Do we know anybody that's successful that has never, ever, 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 ever failed? No. So that we have to say failure is a part of the equation for success, but if you eliminate it, then they're not going to be the type of successful they could be if they didn't have those failures included. But I think that that's, that requires intentional parenting. Yeah. It's like the positivity movement. Say that again. The positivity movement. Um, Yeah. I'm going to think, I'm only going to think positive. Well, then you're going to be stuck. (laughs) Right. Um, You did mention something though. Intentional parenting is 
Another thing that I've noticed and I've, and I've actually seen this is do your kids see you cry? Do your yes. kids see you sad? Do they see you down? Do they see you when you say I'm angry or I'm having a bad day or, you know, I just need to relax today. I'm worn out. I need to, you know, re- rejuvenate myself. Self-care is another learned yeah. behavior that we as parents teach our children. My children see me cry. I had a friend say, oh, well, I, my kids never see me cry. So why not? How are they supposed to know that crying is okay and mm. being sad is okay? And those negative emotions are okay if you're not showing them when you're feeling them. And then how to do that, how to be, how to cope, how to, how to cope with it. How, if you're not ever giving that experience and you're giving them, is it okay to say this? The falsehood that life is always happy and always positive. And there's, I don't know, raise your hand. Is that who? Do you like paying bills? I don't necessarily like that, but I don't, you're right. Or do I like getting a flat tire? I don't know about you, but not really. Right. You like so feeling nauseous has, and showing up uh, anyway? I don't think you would. You would probably like to be in that beautiful bed there. So I did. taking a little nap, but you did. But I did. Right? right. And it's intentional parenting, right? It's, and, and I, the episode, I was like, I have to show up. Like I can't just not. Right. But not only is it intentional parenting and intentionally showing up, this show is my baby. If I don't show up to the show, even when I'm not feeling good, I had a tooth pulled two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and I showed up the same day to do an episode, right? Wow. It's, you have to put that effort in. Now, I'm not saying do everything all the time. I'm not saying don't take days to yourself, but you have to think like the laundry, is anything going to happen if I don't put the laundry away today? Probably not. Probably not. Right. But if I didn't show up to today's episode, you would have probably been upset regardless, right? I would have been upset if people don't show up to the episode. If I didn't show up to today's episode, I would have been a hypocrite. And hypocrisy is one of my biggest pet peeves. Mm-hmm. I lose my shit over hypocrisy. Because I don't give people, if you don't show up to the show or you no show the show, or I don't like your reason for rescheduling your episode, I'm not going to have you back in any way, shape or form. So if I'm telling other people that, how, if I don't show up to the show, how does that work? Well, it goes back to the word. It goes back to your word. Then what does your word mean? Exactly. What are you, what are you training people to expect about your word? They really just don't have to listen to you. Really. It's really the bottom, yeah. bottom line. Now, but if you go back to those, go, I was going to say, if you go back to those emotions, I think you brought up a really good point we, to be intentionally parenting. Like if there's parents listening that are, that are in the camp of like, I don't ever show my kid anything quote unquote in the negative category, you know, it's, we're not making it out to be a right or wrong. It's just, if we're going to back up and be intentional parents, right. And, and, and we're going to, um, take on the intentional parenting tactic or strategy on, on, you know, raising, raising our babies, you know, ask yourself by not showing a piece of the human element, right? Sad, scared, mad, fearful, disappointed, all that stuff that, that that's part of the emotions, just like um, happy and um, excited and, and surprised. Those are all right. You can't have a cake and then just leave out four ingredients, then you just, that, guess what? Then you wouldn't have a cake, right? It would be, Mush. I don't know, a brownie or whatever, Mush, right? It's the same thing. Emotions are part of who we are made up to be. They're included. So if you choose, again, not right or wrong, but if you choose to eliminate that and not let your kids see that, go back to, well, what are we depriving them of when they're older? I mean, how are they going to know how to cope when they have a roommate or a significant other or a friend that's angry at them or sad at them? If you've never taught them how to be around sad and angry, exactly. how are they going to do that? And so I want to do, I want to do a disclaimer because you mentioned it and I should probably do this on every episode is there's no judgment. If you're a parent who, who helicopters, if you're a parent who, you know, doesn't give control or doesn't give those learning lessons, we're not judging you. If you are happy with what you're doing, you are happy with what you're doing and we wish you the best. You can still reach out and contact us. Not a problem. We 
acknowledge and accept and love different beliefs. And this is just our perspective. Every episode that we do on Just a Live TV is our own unique perspective. People will agree. People will disagree. We welcome all of it. What mm-hmm. we don't welcome is judgment, ridicule, mm-hmm. rejection, any of those. We don't mm-hmm. allow those on the show. Bullying of any kind. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> not tolerated. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is. We have to teach our children how to where do you think anxiety comes from? Mm. Panic and anxiety, not, you know, a lack of motivation. All of that comes into them not knowing how to connect and process their emotions. Addiction. And as parents, right, we don't want our kids to go to drugs and and alcohol, excuse me. Um, When you abuse sex, drugs, alcohol, self-harm, uh, smoking, whatever toxic or harmful behavior our children are getting into, there's a reason for it. They are mm-hmm. either trying to remove an emotion, cope with an emotion, or replace an emotion that they don't have. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's, right. that's they, they have negative emotions that they don't know or they can't process because they haven't been taught or they don't understand the emotion. Mm-hmm. And then it leads to numbing that emotion. That's Hmm. what all of those addictions do. That's why people become addicts Hmm. is because they're numbing an emotion. And and, and it goes back to that context. They could be numbing an emotion, you know, in this topic, they could be numbing an emotion that perhaps they never were taught how to be with process, you know, or it was taught as bad versus good rather than that emotion is part of a human. What or are we going to do with it? Or they've never experienced it before. Or they just have never experienced because they were sheltered from it. Um, or or they experienced it all the time and they're like, uh, something's odd. This isn't, you know what I mean? It could be extremes either way. Yeah. Right. But to your point, there's the numb is the band-aid. There's a wound underneath. What's the wound underneath? What is it that that they're they're covering it up by this addictive behavior, you know? What emotion were they not taught to be comfortable with? Yep. Addiction. Um, so whatever habit or whatever is, whatever the addiction is showing, because addiction is in many forms. It's not just drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. and sex, right? right, right. Uh, right. Self-harm is addiction. Um, right. There's lots. But yeah. the other thing too is, oh, I totally lost where I was going with that. Drugs are kicking in. <laughs> It's okay. Bravo, it's okay. If anybody has I, taken an anti-nausea medication, it does end up <laughs> knocking you out. And I took it an hour ago. So I'm 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 starting. She's ready for her nap, everybody. It's nap time soon, right? Soon. Um, it is though. Kids need to learn how to cope. They need to learn how to process. When people say that kids have it easy, they don't. Kids actually have it worse than anybody else because one, they have no control. Two, they are indebted and, 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 and under requirements from adults, right? Mm. They are trying to figure out who they are. You think as a parent, right? If you're a parent, even if you're not a parent already, and you're just catching this episode, think about your coping skills. Think about how you cope with things. Think about the panic and anxiety you experience, the situations you experience, the cycles that you're still going through. Those all talk about unaligned beliefs, uh, negative life lessons, lessons not being learned, a lack of coping skills. All of that comes down to when you were a kid. Kids have it rough. Every... I think you brought up another good point. I do. And I think that people sometimes, um, you know, what's that? Oh, kids are resilient. I don't know. I don't know how much I believe that to be 1000 gazillion percent true. I think that they're easily effective and affected because of the lack of reasoning skills they have. Um, knowing that it's okay to go to have struggles and stresses. Um, Tori commented, this is a subject that should be addressed more often because a lot of adults don't realize that their actions come from 
childhood trauma. And it's true. Childhood trauma will stay with you until you learn what it means. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of what you uh, and I in, 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 in my, yeah, I mean, in, in, on my website, when I talk about my work, I don't often actually talk about childhood trauma, but when I'm actually working with people, that's what I'm dealing with. Yes. And I do that because a lot of people don't understand, as, as that person said, they don't understand that their own emotional reactions to things are coming out of child, their childhood experience. Yeah. And so I deal with what whatever their current issue is. And in unpacking that, we will usually find where the pattern comes from and be able to, to resolve that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we end this episode? No, I think we've covered a lot. <laughs> we did. We definitely did. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. I really enjoyed this episode. And Tori is right. It is it is a topic that a lot of people need to hear and understand. Mm. Uh, it's, it's one that's very close to my heart, having, uh, 